0: Hey, the cannon, the
1: cannon, the cannon, the cannon. Yo. Yeah. Nice. Oh. Cannon, cannon. One time for Ace time. Welcome, everybody, to Hot Pop with the Pastor, where two old friends, an atheist DJ moved to Shanghai, China, and a Christian pastor family man back in their mutual hometown in the suburbs of South Florida discuss today's politics, pop culture, and God, or the lack yeah. thereof. My name is DJ Bio Shanghai's number 2 DJ but back home with friends from middle school they call me Brian and I'm joined by the pastor of New Springs Church of Coral Springs Pastor Gavin man. Felix how are you sir
0: I'm good man I'm really good I'm excited to do this we go way back and uh, uh you're you're the one guy I know where we've got probably differing opinions on on everything in life but we can we can discuss it well
1: That's that's uh, that's an interesting Is that an overstatement?
0: That an overstatement?
1: I, um, I I I um, I don't know if it's an overstatement for you. I definitely like you a lot. You're definitely a great I don't friend. like it. Well, you know, I guess that's just <laughs> one of us, though. But like I I I um, you're someone who I have a deep affection for. You're a great friend. But I I, really I do put myself in a position where I'm in around a lot of people and ideas that are not similar to my own but maybe yeah. because you're back still in Coral Springs and you you're leading a church right so there's a, you have a yeah. flock per se so people go to you necessarily but i know there was a time um when you were still finding your religion so let let's back up and just talk about yeah. some of our mutual history i cool. associate you um at first with middle school right yeah. uh Ramblewood middle school yeah and your, your grandmother lives on the same street. It's my family home where my family grows up. And yeah. you would go to your grandmother's and then we would, I, I, at some point, you you went to school with me, but we also took the bus together, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah we used to, uh, I remember, so that it was kind of like um, we'd get dropped off by the bus at the bus stop. And, you know, my mom would get off of work later, I don't know, five o'clock, six o'clock, whatever it was. And so I'd often go over to your house because you yeah. had the N64 and and latest WrestleMania games and all that stuff. Yeah. We'd hang out. I'd usually lose, but I'd, I'd have a good time. doing it.
1: There's there's a million stories, and I think we'll be able to trickle them in as yeah. things go on. Um High school, you were in the same high school a bit with me. You got in trouble sometimes here or there yeah, made you jump high schools a bit, right?
0: I, well, I w- I stayed at Coral Springs High. You were you were at Taravella, right?
1: I was at Taravella. You definitely you didn't go to Terravella at all.
0: No, no, maybe. I tried to so maybe what you're remembering, I tried to um I tried to transfer to Douglas okay my senior year, but it never um it never materialized I stayed at Coral Springs High I got kicked out of Coral Springs High maybe you're remembering that okay
1: maybe there's something like that and I remember when we were in the eighth grade then some fights you got into in school and that was some trouble um I went up to school in uh Gainesville for university you kind of stayed back for a while right
0: yeah so I did I was Broward College for I did I did two, uh the two year degree in three years mm-hmm. and then um, and then I transferred over to New Orleans Baptist and I was mm-hmm. I was at the Miami Extension Center for um, about a year and then um, and then moved to New Orleans and finished my college there. Where
1: where I did meet up with you in New Orleans and that was an interesting yeah, experience yeah, as well. Was. But but just like what I want to highlight something, though, it took you a while to get to the sort of path where you decided to study Christianity and go to New Orleans. You you, you were kind of lost for a little while. And I say that with love, but you were really fairly unsure what you were going to do before you decided to kind of follow a a Christian path. Would that be correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I would, uh, I'll speak to that briefly. The, um, you know, so the end of high school, beginning of college, for sure, was like a, a crossroads Mm-hmm. time had always grown up in in christian spaces you know we, we attended church really my really my whole life but in terms of it becoming real and personal for me um that was early on in college and then still um i wasn't surrounded by other uh other christians early on in college so i was still kind of like one foot one foot in the church one foot partying um and that probably around 2005 um, mm-hmm. is where it really started to, to, to materialize and I started taking my faith seriously.
1: Yeah. Um, and like I um, I associate you, and I say this with love, with a lot of hooligan type stuff, but for some reason I found you just to have a more sensitive side and a more thoughtful side than some of the, uh, the jackassery maybe you were associated with. Yeah. And um and I say that and I really I really say that and I really mean that. Um cuz we we hung out with some here. yeah, okay. And then um I went to school in Gainesville right after I graduated, I flew to Mongolia to join the peace corps. Um yeah, and then um I was there for 3 years and I went back down to South Florida. Um I guess, yeah, that's, that was around 2008. Yeah, that was like 2008. I think at that point is when I visited you in New Orleans. Would that be right? That's
0: when I was in New Orleans, yeah, because I moved to New Orleans in January of 08, and I was there until 2010.
1: Yeah, so I visited you in New Orleans, and that was a great time, and that was a good chance to reconnect with you, and you're in and I introduced you to some New Orleans culture. Um, Yeah. But, um. Then um, I only was in South Florida. I stayed in South Florida a little bit. I worked as a dancer. And then I flew to Shanghai where I've been living now for 10 years, six months about almost.
0: That's crazy to think that you've been there that long.
1: Yeah. it's, It's really crazy. And since then I visited you back home and I've seen your, growth personally professionally i guess you could still say spiritually to a degree and i've seen some changes from you um in your views of christianity and i've seen you kind of start a family i went back for your wedding um yeah and um all sorts of things and i think we'll be able to talk a lot more now but you're a pastor and uh, i'm a dj you're a family man i'm single and you're in Coral Springs, I'm in Shanghai. But there's still a lot of common things between us. But I think there's a lot of differences, and I'm happy to discuss it with you and yeah, um, do, it. do it in a respectful way. So we're calling this Hot Pot uh, with a pastor. Do you know what Hot Pot is, Gavin Felix?
0: I don't. That sounds like something that I would I would I would enjoy to eat, though. Is um, it
1: food? It is food. Hot okay. Pot is uh, it's, it's kind of a social food in China, most associated with um, Sichuan Cis- or Sichuan um, province or over in Chengdu um, city, which is the hip hop city, by the way. And it's like okay. it's, it's kind of what you imagine where you take a giant pot, maybe with two different main sauces and you throw a lot of stuff in and everyone yeah. kind of eats together.
0: Right. OK. OK. So and it's, it's a little it's, bit like gumbo.
1: It's it's yeah. It's really kind of a gumbo type thing, but you throw stuff in, you heat it up and you're kind of cooking it while you're eating it. And so the idea, one of the things with with hot pot, first of all, people share. But another thing is someone throws something in the pot and I'll end up eating some of that. I'll throw something in, you know, we all do it. So what I kind of want to structure this is you kind of have something. I kind of have something. And maybe we'll have something mutual, and we'll talk about those three things. Sound cool. good? Yeah. So um, let's talk about the first one. Um, you posted a link on Facebook, and the link was uh, an article written by Justin Gibney and Chris Butler from mm-hmm. the dot and, mm-hmm. and the article's name is "Biden's Mandate: What America Needs." And what voters did and did not authorize him to do. Do you want to talk about this a bit, or should I uh, yeah, go over yeah, some things? So hit me. Yeah. Um, and, and before you get into it, can you can you explain a little bit about um, the uh, these these authors and this website because it's not people and things I'm familiar with at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there's a there's a podcast called Church Politics Podcast. Uh, Justin Gibbany is the main main host of that, and Chris Butler is new uh, newer to the show. And um, they're 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 both leaders in what's called the And campaign. And the And campaign is a Christian political organization um, that sees to uh, marry the the convictions of Christianity, so, mm-hmm. so the the scripture, biblical truth about here's what here's what we confess, along with the compassion. Of, of Jesus Christ, it seeks to be kind of a faithful expression of uh, of how Jesus presented himself uh, to the world. And, you know, I think in any age and in any, any era, you can kind of be um, pushed and pulled by the waves of the culture. Um, and this, this, this seeks, and I think faithfully to be kind of a, a middle ground politically to say, here's what uh, here, here's what the Bible says. And here's uh, some ways that that works out practically in the political sphere here in America. So I've always appreciated uh, the voice of these guys. And and typically when they write on something or speak on something, um, it's something that I
1: I resonate with. Well, um, you know, that that's this is one of my let's let's be clear. And I say this with love. uh, Uh But uh, I am an atheist, and I, I have a lot of problems with Christianity, and um, yeah. I'm yeah. sure we'll be discussing this. I'm here to solve, man. I'm oh, here to solve. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> Let me say this, though. like um, But here's the problem. From Christianity, you will find people on all sorts of political spectrums. In fact, since I've known you as a Christian, it seems like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, you started from a, a very at first unengaged with earthly sort of politics then you, but you still had a real right wing slate slant but it seems like more recently you've more moved in a more progressive social way still still rejecting things like abortion but taking on a just a more contemporary american progressive stance would would that be what you would say is accurate
0: uh, cl- close so um i've never been someone who's been engaged with with politics which you, mm-hmm. you know be that that kind of a guy like the uh top levels of of public sphere that i get engaged with are like sports that's what that's what i want to talk about that's what i want to watch that's what i want to do
1: i haven't um, watched a sports game since the last super bowl
0: man well you got another one coming up and tom brady's still in it
1: yeah, it's oh. the same thing. I just can't. I, 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 go. I see one sports game every single year. It's the same fucking thing. Or same it's thing. It's the same.
0: It's, <laughs> it's, I told you to watch your mouth.
1: I, I apologize that get pastor, uh, to the flock of Pastor Felix. I do apologize <laughs> that um, I, I did not mean to curse there.
0: There's um. It's literally the same guy playing in the Super Bowl since when we. I were got, in- and
1: I still I used to know sports. I like I'm, I still know th- about you know things a tiny bit, or what I'll pick up from the front. Nobody watches sports
0: better more than your mom. Your mom knows sports better than anybody I I know.
1: Yes, she does. She does watch the sports. Uh, yeah, so I've,
0: I've uh, traditionally not had much um, interest, involvement, engagement in 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 politics. I think now, so one of the changes that that that's occurred since since you've known me, um, is now I'm a pastor. Um, in being a pastor, I've got a responsibility to uh, to care for people well, their souls, their physical well-being, and uh, at the real base level of it, uh, politics, government, um, they exist to provide structures so that people can be afforded uh, their their rights, and so. It's that that forces me to, to care about it. Where um, while politics may not be something that you know personally concerns me and my well being necessarily, uh, but I see Jesus's command to love your neighbor uh, that engaging in things politically as as an avenue to do that. So um, if there are things that are happening with uh, with structures and systems um, locally or even nationally that I can see directly affect people that, that I care about, that I'm called to serve and called to love, um, then I do believe it's my responsibility to, to, to speak up on that and, and engage in it.
1: So your, your argument essentially is you're still not really interested in it, but as a pastor, it's just kind of part of the job description. So you need to polit- um, comment on the presidential election, for example.
0: So I would, I would more so say it as if I wasn't, if I wasn't a pastor, Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I might have some private interest in, you know, what's going Mm -hmm. on, especially since it's been so, so polarizing in the last, the last four years, it's hard to get away from, I mean, watching sports, you're going to engage in in political discussion, because it's so prominent in it. Um, but in terms of being outwardly vocal about it and passionate about it and, um, you know, desiring to see changes, changes made. That's, that's a core passion of mine, but that's birthed out of love for other people.
1: Okay, so let's, um, let's talk about this article, Biden's Mandate. Yeah, let's do it. Um, do you, do you want to say some things specifically about the content of it? Or I have a couple of things I can comment on, however you want to.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a, um so it presents itself as you know we're what seven days into
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, biden being president and he's passed i don't know however many uh executive orders that he signed off in the last seven days and mm-hmm. the, way, the way i see it is so he's the uh the elected democratic you know president um and there are there's there's a spectrum right so you've got conservative right-wing politics and then you've got you know, progressive left-wing politics, and then you've got a spectrum in in between. Um, and without being, you know, an expert on it, um, Biden seems to want to present himself as closer to the moderate end end of things. But the um, his his base, the Democratic base, has become increasingly further and further left-wing. And so there's um, there's pressures that I think. Uh, uh, for him to push forward more left-wing agendas than I think he, um, you know, maybe would, would would readily support or normally support, from my understanding. And so the article um, addresses things like um, there's there's a referendum on on Trump and his leadership. So the way he led our country, there's some serious uh, there's some serious issues that uh, people have with that on, on a on a popular level. And so electing Biden is a little bit of a referendum on Trump's leadership. And what we want, what the people want, and this is what the article is saying, um, that the people want a, a man who's going to be presidential in the sense that he's bringing two sides together, that he's trying to get things passed that are beneficial to all people. And it's not a partisan agenda um, yet things like, um, redefining uh, gender roles yeah. is a little bit more partisan agenda. Um, pro-choice feels a little bit more of a par- partisan agenda. And uh, so that's what that article speaks to.
1: Well, let, let's say a couple things. Number one, I mean, he um, Joe Biden definitely was on the right side of the Democratic presidential election mm-hmm. spectrum. Yeah. But the Democrats won and they won. Well, by a margin that Trump called a landslide and even more so by more than seven million votes. So there's a mandate to give the people who voted for him things they want. So you said bring people together, which is definitely true. And he definitely seems to be definitely being less divisive than um, Trump, but also historically. Your first couple of weeks, your first couple of months, you're supposed to kind of get a honeymoon period mm-hmm. where you can get things done and there won't be such staunch resistance. Yeah, yeah. But also you said you think the left wing is getting more and more progressive. Let me say this. I have supported two Democratic presidential candidates in right. my time. One of them was John Kerry. Okay. That was the first one I possibly could. The second one was Joe Biden. Okay. Um, I um, have a lot of problems with Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. I generally vote third party. I support third party candidates. Okay. Um, I think that I mean, Joe Biden was is is for is not for um, health care for all. He's not for socialized medicine, if you want to use that term. Joe Biden is still fairly moderate in a lot of ways. Now, there's a couple of things here that are definitely on the progressive side, but I really don't see anything as radical that they kind of talk about. And in fact, I think there's some really loaded language that they use in the article Okay. that I really that really bothers me. So let me give you some quotes. Um, and some of it just doesn't seem really connected to Christianity directly. It's it's just kind of people's personal political opinions. Yeah, so I don't yeah. really, you know, which I guess people are entitled to, of course, but I just don't, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, so-
0: clear, I think, um, you know, so what what you have um, in in Christianity, the way Jesus presents the the, the character of of a disciple, is. He gives, he gives values, principles, things that, uh, that should matter to someone who's following Jesus Christ. Now, in any time, place, and culture, the application of those values are going to, to, to differ, right? Like, so Jesus says that we're to, uh, we're to love the poor and to care for the disadvantaged. Mm-hmm. Does that mean socialized medicine? Does it, you know, there's so many different ways that you can care for the poor, and I think that's why there's, there can be healthy debate on on a large spectrum in in politics.
1: Sure. Although it's really interesting because I definitely think at least the people that comment on your Facebook page. And I only really say that because, like you said, you are a pastor. So your Facebook page is part of your job, right, are fairly conservative and really against a lot of things. So let's talk about some of these things. This is a a quote. Next uh, last year, civil unrest requires Biden to promote justice by working against government abuses of authority like police brutality without defunding the police. Defunding the police is really like a buzz thing um, supported by a lot of progressive um, reverends and Christian leaders as well. But it's used as kind of a uh, a catch all to kind of go after things. When people say defund the police, they're not. This is what they mean. Okay, there's there's three things that people mean. This is my definitions. Number one, damn the police. There's the idea, a healthy American idea, many people would say, of these are the people of authority. Well, we gotta we got we gotta speak back to authority. We gotta mm-hmm. assert ourselves against that sort of authority. It's punk rock. Mm-hmm. Number two. There's the idea that police um, departments are too close with the attorney generals. So the attorney generals are supposed to prosecute the police if they commit a crime, but because The police are there long term and the attorney general's offices are there long term when it's time to go after the police for potentially committing a crime. They don't. So if you're defunding the police, you're taking less um, lobbying power, less ability for police departments to do, for example, what's being accused of in Kentucky with Breonna Taylor and the attorney general there, who is a Republican guy and a uh he's an african-american but he's a republican and Mm -hmm. he's basically being accused right now and we'll see how it goes of not going after the police so he'll have support of the conservative kentucky side and Mm -hmm. um number three there's uh a lot of situations where for example there's people with mental health crises crisis um Mm -hmm or things with drugs, and you're sending in police guys to deal with things that they're not qualified to deal with and don't really require dudes with guns. Yeah. So the big one that's a, a big flashpoint on progressive circles right now is a case involving a guy named Kenneth Chamberlain Sr., who is an African-American dude. And um, I shouldn't say dude, but he's a dude. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's <laughs> a he, dude. Yeah but he he's a guy who who died because he was having a mental health crisis in his own home and police came and their guns drawn and they shot him mm. so that's what people mean so that third yeah. one what i mean is let's let's defund the police and give it to mental health people let's yeah. defund the police and give it to um, social workers who can help or in drug clinics and stuff like yeah. that yeah. So when this this guy says uh, you know without defunding the police that's I don't see that as being connected to any sort of specific christian principle as far as I'm aware.
0: Yeah. So it's a um I, I think I know where or I can at least guess where he without having spoken to him where where he's coming from mm. um, the term defund the police is just a it's a poorly worded term right? It's just not it it sounds it sounds negative, it sounds anti-law enforcement. Um, I would imagine if I were a police officer myself and I'm hearing that chant that I'm like, forget you guys, like I'm putting my life on the line and you're, you, wanna, you wanna defund me. So what, what you're talking about is, is, is accurate. I do believe that that's what um, the movement seeks to do. I think what the article is trying to, um, to affirm and make clear uh, that I would that I would agree with is that poorer communities don't want less policing. Um, and and if I'm reading, if I'm reading the calls for defund the police, and I haven't done um, my, my, you know, accurate research, and I haven't watched videos, and I don't know what's meant by that term, I'm thinking, yeah, these police officers are bad guys, they shoot people, let's take money away from them until they get it till, till they get it right, we need less police. And that there's he's he's clarifying that poorer communities don't want less policing they want community policing and they want policing with integrity right and some of the things that you're talking about mental health care and um, de-escalation techniques and mm-hmm. things things of that nature and i and so i think when you talk about um law enforcement as protection of the people or governing officials as the voice of the people the whole thrust of the article is this is what the voice of the people is. We want police officers who know us, who are within the community, who engage with us, who aren't quick to pull the trigger because they see us as others and fear heightens up in them and they're quick to, uh, quick, quick to react. Um, and we want to see officers get the help, help that they need. I mean, I've heard from officers themselves talk about you show up on a scene and you don't know what's going to happen. Could be a mental health crisis. Could be a criminal. There's so many aspects that an officer is called to speak into, and like you said, they're not trained in in counseling. They're not trained in uh, in understanding, you know, multiple personalities and, and 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 a variety of different situations. They're just trained to, you know, to to see the situation and, and make sure that people uh, people are protected and they're human beings themselves and can. Uh, react in negative ways. So when you look at the numbers and see that there's a disproportionate of Black and Brown people who are affected by that because a disproportionate amount live in poorer communities, that's why it becomes such an issue that's worth fighting for. But you want to make sure you fight correctly. I think um, I think the rhetoric from the very uh, you know the very progressive left that is, is is saying defund the police without being very clear about what that means, it pushes forward an idea that uh, almost seems like you know less policing is, is is the way to go and that would be detrimental to the poorer community. So I think it's just about um, clarity of terminology and what outcomes we, we truly desire.
1: Well this is coming though from a Christian guy so he should l- let me tell you why I think, you're making a more subtle point than's being made here. I think he's using a lot of buzzwords against progressive causes when he they potentially should know better. They're using specifically terminology okay. that's being used to uh, um, demonize left-wing people. Here are some other terms that are used in this article that really um, bug me. Progressive elites, well-funded activists, elite donors. <laughs> Why does it bug you? well because these are sort of just slinging mud terms yeah yeah it is it's
0: it's pejorative for sure it's pejorative Um, you're
1: absolutely right
0: yeah it's a but it's a, a you know again you know quickly quickly worded article to get you know and those terms you know what he's so when i hear you know progressive elites you know my mind goes to and your mind probably goes to ivory tower professor you know, some dude at Berkeley proposing stuff and ideas without, um, without fully, without without fully um, thinking about the consequences of these ideas on the ground. Like, what does that what does that actually look like? So, I mean, that's a fair critique. it, it is pejorative.
1: Um, I, there's more things that we can go for, but in the interest of time, because yeah. we got other stuff to go to. Yeah, um, yeah. I, got, I just got to get to one more thing. It says, in electing Joe Biden in the next president of the United States, the American people have not called for more recreational weed, sweeping re- redefinitions of gender, radically defunded police, and more abortions. Um, yeah. uh, a lot of people do want more recreational weed, and drugs um, have been used to put down um, minority communities and poorer communities. We know mm-hmm. that we know that prohibition for drugs doesn't work. Um, And we can look at positive signs in America on that.
0: Mm. There
1: are uh, sweeping redefinitions of gender. Um, This is, it's talking about the Equality Act and I've even done some research about that and that all it's saying is let's not discriminate against people. And it's saying radically defunded police as we've already addressed that. And more abortions, well, I, nobody wants more abortions. No, I, right. I don't know anyone who wants more abortions. Yeah. Right. People want to make sure everyone has access to healthcare, which for many people includes abortions.
0: Yeah. And so those are things that are, um, they're presented as granting more freedom, but it's, 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 a it's restricting the freedom of other it's, it's actually taking away freedoms that other people already have. Um, so recreational if you think about, weed? No, not recreational. And when he says recreational weed, I think what he's he's getting at combined with that term of uh, of progressive elites is you've got a lot of suburban college students who listen to celebrities and are like, yeah, we elected this guy because I want to I want to roll a blunt. And that's not that's not the primary issue at hand. So. What what he's getting at is that the primary issues are there are, you know, underfunded communities that are being treated poorly, um, racism systemically keeping people uh, out of their their rightful share of opportunities to be able to uh, to pursue that American dream. And so we're not we're not saying hey let's let's put this guy in office so that we can you know we can have more drugs redefine gender and abort babies. I think that it's kind of said flippantly in in that way um well you started off saying
1: you started off saying defund the police is too much of a a, uh um a term that is too loaded but here they are using all sorts of loaded terms
0: everybody's guilty of it yeah everybody's guilty of it but i mean to bring clarity to that as a as as a as a christian so i would see the like yeah, the overcriminal the overcriminalization of drugs is a problem in in poorer communities. People going to prison for uh, things that are probably more likened to mental health issues uh, than they are actual criminal activity for which they need to be punished. But then secondly, the uh, you know re redefinition of gender. It's presented as not i have to read the act the Equality Act in its totality, but it's presented as we want to give transgender people more freedom, which is who, who would be against that? Like all people should have the freedom to live their lives, be humans, work at jobs and not get fired because of who they are. But when that starts to move into the sphere of let's, let's take away the freedoms of other people. For example, if I'm a, uh, you know, a high school girls volleyball player, I'm entering into that with the understanding that, Um, I'm I'm, I'm a biological female who is mentally female and I'm playing with others who are also biologically female and mentally female. When you enter into it and say, hey, you're transgender and we want to give you more freedom and we recognize you're biologically male, but you identify as female and we want to grant you access as a female to all that females are afforded. You're not granting that individual freedom you're actually taking away from those other girls volleyball players who expect that they're going to be competing equally against other. And that's where, that's where it's a fuzzy issue. So I think the, the language just needs to be worded carefully. There does need to be certain restrictions on it so that other people's freedoms aren't imposed upon. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, one's against giving, um, anyone, what, what, whatever your, um, your sexual orientation is, you, you have the right to life and Liberty and the pursuit of happiness, like everybody else.
1: That first of all, uh, I, I just have to say a couple of quick things. Number one, under the last administration, um, transgender people couldn't be in the military. Um, two, and the idea of equal rights for everyone and everyone has a right to pursue their dreams. Gay people have only been able to get married in America for a couple of years, and, um, right. and that, I,
0: that's a debatable. That's a debatable right. That's that's a redefinition of marriage.
1: Marriage has been redefined so many times. But last, last thing, uh, no, I, this is something that I um, disagree with some progressives on. I, um, and, I and people on your Facebook wall, I agreed with them. Now, we're only talking about an extreme minority amount of people. But I do think that the idea, especially in terms of safety, of different transgender people competing in sports on the female side, can be a very big safety risk, and it definitely needs to be cleared up. Um, yeah. I, I, there's no debating that. For for me, yeah. I 100% agree, especially in concerns of safety. It's but we're talking about one. Right, super, it's a small percent. super small, and it, it can which be is fixed. why, but but the which law, the law doesn't do. say that. The law doesn't right. say you have to be able to compete against these people.
0: Yeah. Which is why I think the, the article goes there because it is such a, it's such a small percentage. This isn't the, this isn't the societal ill that we're seeking to correct by having Joe Biden as president. Um, he wasn't, he, the article is arguing, he wasn't elected to, you know, bring, bring, bring the, um, the Equality Act forward. And, 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 you know, that's, that's just not one of the main, main well, tickets. So well, the Equality Act on.
1: also includes, um, uh, um, Native Americans, and it also includes all sorts of different people. That's just one super duper small percentage. But yeah. moving on, I wanted to talk about something that erupted on my Facebook. And I don't want to focus on Facebook stuff all the time. Although, since we're just starting this up, I guess that's just a good catch-all place to do. Yeah. I posted yeah. something on Facebook, and you actually liked it. And I just, let's try to run through it pretty quickly. But okay. I was really upset that Parler got kicked off the internet. It didn't, it's actually back now, I guess it's still being relaunched, but it got kicked off of um, servers. And um, I, I think that free speech is really important. I, I am not a 100% free speech activist, I could be convinced otherwise in philosophical things. But I believe mm-hmm. very, very strongly in free speech. And especially as someone who identifies themselves as a, a progressive person, I'm very mm-hmm. annoyed I'm very upset with a lot of progressive people being against free speech. I much pref- makes my life easier when it's just the freaking Christians trying to shut down everyone else. That makes me my life easier. It's really annoying to me when people who I identify with say things like this. This is something that a friend of mine said and I'm not going to say their name. Um but they said things like at the moment, I trust the judgment of an Apple executive more than the than the current administration. Um,
0: um, yeah, that's just someone angry typing at 11:30 p.m. and they're they're irritable.
1: That, that, that was that was actually uh, a professor who wrote that. Um, oh man, um,
0: progressive elites.
1: Well, that's, oh, don't start. Um, yeah. But also, <laughs> someone said something about, we need to de-platform, fa- I'm, 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 I'm summarizing here. We need to de-platform fascists at every turn. Hmm. And I disagree with that. I yeah. um, don't think that's effective. And I, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I engage with um, people who have political opinions, thank you. Um, all the time, including extreme, extreme opinions of people who are anti-Semitic, and I am an atheist, but I am Jewish. Um, people who say all—I—I'm I, someone who hasn't lived in a white majority country for—you know—I lived in Mongolia, I lived in China. Like I—I I don't, you know, I don't that. so I and I listen to media. That's racist. Yeah. And I've met all, all sorts of people who ate every sort of – anyway, here's my point. Um, I really have a big problem with deplatforming people even under extreme circumstances. And because – let me just say this. One thing that I always learned from the Catholic worker movement and mm. other extreme progressive Christian things is it's really easy to love the poor, some poor guy living on the corner. that's easy those people aren't affecting anyone it's easy to love your neighbor your neighbor is is uh you know his kids trick-or-treat at your house and that's cute whatever you want to know what's more interesting loving a murderer loving a racist finding Mm. the humanity in people and in fact that's one thing that i find christianity i have a problem with because once you say something is evil you're Mm. automatically deeming dehumanizing it yeah but anyway I'll, I'm, i've spoken enough I'll, I'll give you the form. yeah I'll yeah. So, stuff.
0: yeah so yeah uh, so i'll speak to that last statement first and um what what it sounds like you have a problem with there is really more the application of christianity rather than its core tenets right because jesus christ matthew chapter five says i'll love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you uh then you go on to first timothy chapter two and uh, and, and Paul writing to Timothy is telling him, you need to make prayers for all rulers and authorities. And at that time, it was most likely that uh, Nero was, in th- was, was the authority figure who was no friend of Christians whatsoever. Um, so that is part of the radical nature of, uh, of the foundational principles and values of Christianity that we would radically love those who disagree with us, the murderers, the racists, the rapists that you... That, that, that you be referenced and that's 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 a hundred percent accurate and that's a hard thing to do And I, I'd agree with you that uh, popular Christianity has not done that. Well I think the the parlor thing and the censorship it's nuanced and I, I probably agree with you like 95% of the way um, I think where it gets a little bit tricky So one freedom of speech is a regular is a regulation for for government, right? Like you know, if I've got uh, if I've got a company you know for example our our um, whatever if I've got a company that I own, I'm regulating speech all the time right like there's there's stuff that when you've got on this uniform and you're working here, you cannot say it right mm-hmm. I that's and that's my right as a uh, you know as 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 owning a, a company so understanding that Twitter, Facebook while it's presented as the as the public square at the end of the day it is a company and they can you know, they can decide what they want, what they don't want. Now, another debate can be had, is it wise for them to restrict that sort of speech? And I think I would side with you that it isn't wise for them to do that. However, you're also talking about where the speech is coming from and what it's causing. So uh, one of our, one of the limitations on free speech is shouting fire in public or something that's going to incite riots and uh, cause people to, to harm other people. and when the executive office um, uses inflammatory language, um, I don't think it's a far stretch to say that, um, you know, Donald Trump is largely at fault for that insurrection at the Capitol, um, you know, a, a couple weeks ago. These are people kind of, in their minds, following the orders of their, of their general, so to speak. And so that's where it becomes dangerous. I mean, should his account be blocked and banned and kicked off of Twitter? I'm just glad I don't own Twitter and I don't make I don't make those decisions. Um, I think what he said was unwise and it had some really detrimental effects. I also believe that we should have the freedom to uh, to say what you know say what we want freely. But it's that's why it's it, it's nuanced. It's hard to to it's, come down and say this is what should happen.
1: It's tough, um, and I'm I'm actually my, the the thing that to me is much more clear is things like Zoom and Facebook now are part of the public sphere. It's stuff like AT&T is a private company, but if you got your telephone taken down, that would be a giant problem for you. You would lose access to the public. And yeah, so, yeah. for example, if you had um, uh, um, you know, an atheist or a Satanist, would you encourage that phone company to turn off his phone? I would say you shouldn't it would be a bad idea you should not uh, exactly so especially taking down something like parlor which is not even it's they they want to create their own rules now by yeah. the way i've never used parlor i hate All most right. social media but when the the idea that because some people on parlor might have done bad things that that companies should use their power in a seemingly coordinated way might not have been coordinated but in a way that seems coordinated take them down is a giant problem let's move on yeah. to our final and third topic is that okay gavin
0: yeah. yeah let's do it man
1: we um we both grew up in the jay-z hip-hop age um you've always been a big jay-z fan would you say that's that
0: yeah yeah
1: i think there was a time. recently
0: the- no recently not 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 great but the the catalog of past history it's like a fine wine just ages uh, well.
1: I don't know about <laughs> that. Um, well, I—I I mean, the Black album was a huge cultural event for us. I remember us even talking about that. And so. okay. Although, did we go
0: the, see Fade the Black, the to Black together know, or no. or no?
1: No. Okay. Although I remember you went. You got. you won tickets to a Jay Z concert, and then Kanye West came out. Is that correct?
0: So reverse. This was. Uh-huh. I'm glad you brought that up. This is still my favorite concert experience ever. So I went to a, a Pizza Hut, and they had like a Pepsi smash sweep, sweepstakes, filled it out, won the tickets. Um, it was four free tickets to like a, um, a Kanye West concert at a, at a Miami amphitheater, just kind of this closed, uh, you know, intimate environment. You know, there's, there's tops 300 people there. And during the concert, Jay-Z comes out. We, he wasn't on the ticket, he wasn't expected to be there. And you remember, I'm you know 18 years old, the biggest Jay Z fan in the world. And he comes out, and I totally fangirled. Uh,
1: there, there was a point, First of all, Kanye West, Christian artist, right? Um, the um, yeah. Sunday Service, <laughs> right? That um, album is good.
0: Uh, Jesus is King and Sunday Service, both of those are
1: good. Would you, would you say uh, Kanye West is a good Christian?
0: I don't know him personally. I can't, I, I, he seems to me like a guy who's, um, who's exploring, right? So if you would have, I would have loved to, to replay this interview. I I became a Christian probably 2003. So if we did this interview in 2004, there is no telling what would have come out of my mouth, having just become a Christian and knowing nothing. So I, I, I grant Kanye some grace if he's new to the faith he probably doesn't know what he's saying just yet.
1: There was a time where you didn't listen to any secular music though. Isn't that correct?
0: Yeah. Briefly. Yeah. 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 I think there's a, you know, there's an early phase where you, you know, um, your, your new life in Christ is so new. Um, and you desire to rid yourself of all that, uh, you know, distracts mm-hmm. you from that, all that tempts you to, you know, to sin and, 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 and disobey. And then I think as you mature and you get older, you're able to apply wisdom to discern. I can watch this, I can throw out what's bad and keep what's good, or listen to this and do the same thing.
1: Well, I think Jay-Z is somewhat overrated, especially in the pantheon of how people kind of see him I hang as up. a rapper. I gotta
0: hang up. I gotta hang up. You can't what? use overrated and Jay-Z in the same sense.
1: Oh, come on. Well, <laughs> let, let's say this, um, one album, I do like. I think it's his best album, and I haven't heard all his albums, but you know, it's a hard, you know, um,
0: um, hard night life. Volume Volume. two.
1: Volume two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the Black album, but I really like Reasonable Doubt. Yeah. It is. Well, let's be clear. It's not the best rap album of 1996. What is? Are
0: you are you are you thinking Nas is better?
1: Um, okay. no, think, uh, um, okay. but, um, no, I think, I think not, but, um, no, but reasonable doubt is a good album. So let's talk about reasonable doubt. Let's, this is yeah. something. So our third topic is reasonable doubt. Um, it is a good album. He puts mm-hmm. together a bunch of good songs on it, but it really is just, let's take the notorious BIG formula. All right. So oh, we're going man. to, what's that?
0: Uh, no, I thought you were accusing him of taking G- – keep going. Finish your thought. Well,
1: Notorious B.G. is even on the album, right?
0: Yeah, he is. He's on the um, – Brooklyn's oh, Finest. Brooklyn's right. Finest,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, let's take – so what we're going to do is do gangster Raps, but it's going to be kind of on poppy beats. Now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think, like, it's really sweet. Like, if you listen to, like, Cool G Rap, gangster Rap, it's hard dooch like boom bap it comes from that sort of sound when you get to notorious big you know you got that puffy production and jay-z yeah. it's not puffy but he used a lot of piano there's a lot of softer chorus then so gangster rap more poppy beats and let's put out a single with the chick on it big put it out with little kim jay-z got foxy brown
0: yeah And they yeah. put out their stuff yeah. And
1: so it's kind of a rehash of the formula, you know. It uses the Scarface and the Carlitos Way thing. The year before, mm-hmm. nineteen ninety-five, Ra- Raquan really kind of cemented how it's done, um, with only built for Cuban links. But okay. reasonable doubt, though, has a lot of just good songs, and Jay Z's got a good flow. But it's not really like an innovative album to me.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, that's that's my. I'm trying to think of what what would I label as my favorite Jay-Z. So Reasonable Doubt is now it's hard to hard to get because I use streaming services. So I listen to everything on Amazon music. And last I checked, Reasonable Doubt wasn't on there. I think it might be on his uh like title streaming service, which yeah. nobody nobody knows that. Um Reasonable Doubt would be up there though. Between that and um Blackout, I don't know, Blueprint, Blueprint's a classic, um, but yeah, Reasonable, de- so you've got songs on there like The Evils, which is one of my sure. all-time favorite songs, Can't Knock the Hustle was right up there as well, so those are two songs that I would think are like top five Jay-Z songs ever, um, and came out on his first album. Uh,
1: he refers to himself as Satan, no way, I'll make you black and block and block frayed, hot, I'm like Satan, Yeah. as usual, does that piss you off at all?
0: No, he's when when uh, uh, people who aren't, if if you don't believe, uh, if you're not following uh, Jesus Christ, I don't expect you to act like you do.
1: Okay, that's an interesting um, perspective. Like it's got the album kind of has like the feel of like a resigned gangster who who yeah. kind of knows where he's at. You know, there's a yeah. reflection and acceptance thing. There's one song, though, that when I re-listened to it for the first time in a long while, yeah. I uh, it caught my attention. And Which it one was, is that? I'll tell you right now. And this song yeah. kind of stuck out as being very different from the others. And it's got a part that I want your opinion on. Yeah. Because I find it to be such an interesting choice to include on the album. Okay? So okay. I'm going to play um that part of the song right now yeah wait a minute wait a minute ace turn that music down
0: i smell some reefer now you see that's why our people don't have anything Because we don't know how to go in places and act properly. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who told me shut the F up? Who told me to shut the F up? Get him out of here. I'm not going to continue this show until you throw him out. Get him out right now. Then I'm going to continue my speech. Thank you. He's out of here now. Now, like I was saying, we got to build our
1: own businesses. We got to get our own record companies going like Rockefeller Records. That's such an interesting choice of something to include in there the song is 22 twos which 22, is a, yeah. a uh, um, an innovative type of thing he does but the song thematically seems so out of place on the album and that quote and that sort of situation open mic thing what do you think about all that
0: yeah yeah the um, you know it seems like there's a there's a lady who's I forget the exact quote, but she's you know she's talking about excellence and and things of that. And then someone, some guy in the back tells her to shut her mouth, uh, using using other words to 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 say it. Yeah, I I remember that song. So when you ask what I think about it, you mean like the fact that Jay Z would include a song like that. So his whole his whole demeanor, right, throughout um, throughout his career, you see him kind of pushing for um, a a standard of excellence that everybody within his community should be looking to achieve. And then you have those who are, um, I don't know, who are just kind of stuck, stuck in their ways. And um, you know, a a kind of a gangster mentality. That's what that guy sounded like. Um, And and Jay-Z every single album he has, he has at least one song, usually a couple that try to demonstrate that he's leaving that, that life behind and progressing towards something that's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more elite. You'll see that in his in his videos and the partnerships that he has. He's got an interview with Warren Buffett. Like he's always trying to say, um, and whether or not he's he's right or wrong, I don't know. But the music is good.
1: Like the whole every song on that album is a gangster rap song. Yeah, and told from that perspective of you know selling crack on the block and you know bringing memphis bleak in to mentor and everything and then he's got one song in the middle that's like i'm at an open mic now
0: yeah yeah, like it, yeah. it seems so yeah good,
1: out of place
0: yeah I it's like- it's a it's store i think that's the that's part of the beauty of hip-hop honestly it's it's storytelling of this is my experience of how i got to where i was and i think um now I don't know his intentions, right? Like it, his intentions are probably not great. Um, I just you know make money for myself and do and do well. But I think the um, the storytelling is interesting. It brings you into a into a world, and it's not um, it's more descriptive than prescriptive. That's how I always take it. Like this is this is my life, and this is how I got to where I am. I never take it as you should sell drugs too, and you should kill people too. Uh, more so, this is a presentation of life as I know it and the struggles that uh, that I've faced now that's that's part of the it was probably a debate for another time part of the um, the the gift and a curse to use Jay-z language of hip-hop itself where uh, there are many who listen to it and take it as prescriptive like I should well, I should do this
1: well the song coming Tell- of age with Memphis Bleak is him kind of mentoring someone telling to him, him to do it yeah yeah So, but, and I, but I do believe that there is this sort of separation. You can tell stories and it doesn't have to be taken as true, Um, but- And it's also, I
0: mean, like how much of that stuff actually, you know, occurred probably very little, right? This is this is a, it's like stepping into, um, he he describes himself as stepping into the booth and becoming Superman, right? Like a, like this mythical, mythical hero. so that's, I mean, that's another part of, uh, you know, listening to Jay-Z or really any other any other artists in the hip hop genre. This is a, a presentation of a bravado that's really not, not, you know, actual for the most part.
1: Mm-hmm. Although he's very clear. He likes to talk about his own personal experiences selling crack and stuff. Yeah. But that, you know, that's uh, that stuff. I, I look at this. Oh, you can't even see it.
0: No, I can't. What do you got? Oh man, yes sir.
1: I got feeling it. I got yeah, the 12 inch single yeah. feeling it with friend or foe on it from that was reasonable great. doubt because I'm a DJ. Yeah. Remember, when like, I, yeah. remember when I remember when I DJed this at your wedding? Oh, I didn't DJ at your wedding. <laughs> anyway. We'll
0: do a 10-year vow renewal and have you come come do it.
1: Now we're
0: talking I want 90s hip hop the whole time.
1: Possible. Um doing a G Funk event this Friday. At cartel in Shanghai, you should break okay. all the restrictions and fly in. Hey, uh, Pastor Gavin Felix, we talked a little bit about um, that article about Biden's mandate. We talked about uh, breaking down parlor and um, censorship. And we talked a little bit about reasonable doubt. I think we, yeah. uh, we covered a lot of good stuff.
0: We did. This is a great conversation, man.
1: I think um, we should ask people that for our next one we're definitely going to talk about the movie soul is that right yeah Yeah. so let's tell people if they want to hear about that at least one of the three topics is going to be about the movie soul so they should check out that movie and how can people connect with you on um social media mr pastor Mr. yeah I'm i'm on
0: uh instagram uh just at gav underscore felix see pictures of my my cute kids and so that's what i post and then um yeah that's really it our, our church website is www.newspringschurch.com um you know and you can find you know past sermons and blogs and articles and things of that nature there
1: sounds good you can find me on instagram at um dj border breaks you can find me um on facebook i didn't even know you
0: were on instagram i don't follow you and i don't you think you follow, follow me. me yeah well, we got to do it that on it. um
1: yeah. I, everything i do produce in china is under the uh production name toe jam T O U J A M. and uh hit me up on wechat and all that stuff otherwise um we got to get an email set up for this i'll pop with yeah. the master at the time it's not but this is just the first episode and uh, yeah. let's close it out now uh thank yeah. you very much thank you.
0: Look the
1: cannon the cannon look cannon look cannon Cannon,
0: cannon, cannon One time for H time